If you would pray with me, please. Oh, Father God, I pray that you would grant unto us this morning a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Would you quicken our hearts to your word? Would you create in us a great expectation of your movement among us that we may perceive it where it is? And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, for those who are at the earlier um, um, adult Sunday school, as I was lifting this hymn book, I said, wait a second. This is the United Church hymn book from Canada, I think. <laughs> and then I went back, and I, why, yes, it is. It used to belong to John Wesley United Church uh, choir somewhere in Canada. So, um, wow, thanks so much for making me feel at home. I love that. <laughs> that was fantastic. Well, here we are on this fantastic Sunday uh, where it has uh, gone from what appeared to be summer to suddenly seasonable, seasonable and then we all think it's cold. Um, um, cold should not be a surprise to those of us who live in Chicagoland. So we are here on this Sunday, and the great question perhaps for you is, what are we here to do? What are we here to do? Well, of course, we're here to do the institution of James as your new rector here at All Souls, which is ultimately to, to formally recognize the decision discerned together in calling him to be here, and also to grant him the authority to pastor this congregation. That's what we're here to do. But why? To what end? The bigger question, of course, always is what are we here to do? What is the purpose of our common life together as the church? Now, Paul's letter to the Ephesians this morning helps us understand what it is that we are here to do. And it's fairly clear and direct and to the point, sometimes uncommon in St. Paul. But it is this, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body. That is what we are here to do. James, as he comes here, his primary job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, not, I'd like to point out, do the work of ministry, because that is your job. It's, of course, also his job, too, but it is your job. One of the great um, struggles sometimes in our, our lives and kind of historical ways of thinking about the church is that Unless the pastor or the rector or the clergy do it, it doesn't count. Um, now, I know you're all uh, theologically educated and sophisticated enough to know, well, that's not true. It's the whole body of Christ, blah, 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 blah. That's absolutely true. However, one of the great dangers of parish ministry is us founding, finding ourselves, both rector and parishioners, um, wrecked upon the shoals of un articulated expectations. Oh, 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 I expected this. I expected this of the rector, or the rector might have expected this of somebody else, and we didn't know that was the case. It is not, of course, the job of the rector to do all the work. I remember serving in many congregations where the attitude simply was, well, if I'm in hospital and the rector doesn't come, the church hasn't visited me. Well, what about Louise that was there three times and poor uh, Frank, who also visited you um, five times in hospital? Doesn't say much about Louise and Frank, does it? 
And of course, we all understand that this is true, that it is not the job of the clergy to do the work of ministry. It is the job of the body. But the problem is, the problem is, when we are in need, when we are in loss, when we're having a bad moment, we sometimes forget our sophisticated theology and fall back upon our unarticulated expectations. If I say anything else, um, um, please be gracious to each other um, in your expectations of each other. Um, we will do our best, but we will always, on both sides of that equation, but we will always fail. So. Um, that's kind of an aside, so, um, but we are here as a church, as a body, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And what we do as that body, equipping the saints, that's all of us, for the, the work of ministry, is of course rooted and dependent upon the prior work of God. That equipping is rooted in what God has already done and what God continues to do among us. That work has an end. It has a purpose, Paul tells us today. And that work and that pur the purpose of that ultimately just leads to more building up of the church. So I want to talk about the prior work of God. Paul says that he gives gifts. He gives gifts. I just want to grab. for this. He gives gifts. This is a beginning place where we, we, we begin here understanding that the movement of God is to give gifts to the body of the church. This is really helpful for us when we um, think we're clever ourselves or um, become impressed with the ways in which we are able to do things, which it's not bad to have some confidence in the things that you're able to do. But ultimately, all of that flows from the giving of gifts in the church, Paul says this, but each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. He goes on and says this, he gives the, the gifts that he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The work of ministry begins in the movement of God in the providing of gifts for the church, providing pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles, for the life of the church, for the building up of the church. It is not something that comes primarily out of us, but it's something that comes out of the movement, the supernatural movement of God poured out upon his church. But even that movement, even that giving of gifts by God through his Holy Spirit to the church is predicated on another different act and action of God. Paul says this, I think, really quite amazingly. He says, but each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is said, and quoting from Psalm 68, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. And then, pivoting on a single word, ascended, he lays out the gospel, the action of Jesus Christ that predicates even the giving of gifts. When he says he ascended, what does it mean that he also descended, which includes both incarnation and descent into hell? He also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the same one who ascended from the dead and far above the heavens so that he might feel all things. It is in that, included in that word, that, that one word ascended, Paul pulls out the whole gospel. 
the incarnation, the life, the death, the resurrection, the glorification of Jesus, which is the thing that begins all of this. We are here because Jesus did this, that God did this in Christ Jesus, that we might know the forgiveness of sins, that the, the, the spirit might be released upon us. So all we do here is because of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, his glorification. The gospel of Jesus is the prior work of the giving of gifts, and it's the prior work of our equipping of the saints. <laughs> Every prophet or pastor teacher is first a forgiven sinner, empowered and gifted by the Spirit. If there is a theme that I want to communicate to the church, is do not forget that God is active and alive and in your midst. God is not dead. God is active. And do not think that it all depends on you because it is his work, his ministry, flowing out of the work of Jesus Christ and the, the, the giving of gifts. Do not forget who is the engine of this whole enterprise. And it ain't you. It is the sovereign God who is among us. Well, what are we here to do? We're here to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body. Well, to what end? Why are we building up the body? Well, Paul says this. Until all of us come to know the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. All of us. Now, what does all of us mean? What does all of us mean? Does it mean all of us in this room? In which case, it's still a difficult task. But no, all of us is all of us. In that all of us is included a mission. The church is, at its heart, a missionary organization designed, at its heart, to reach those, to remind those who do not know Jesus that Jesus is fantastic that Jesus died for them, that Jesus is everything that you are longing for. And so in that all of us, um, there is a sense of mission. But to all of us come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to know Jesus and in him to know unity. The end of building up the church for the work of ministry is that people might know Jesus and know him better. And in knowing Jesus become more perfectly one and united. It's a great challenge of the life of the church because um, you know, we as Protestants, um, and I know some people might understand, well, we're not really Protestants, we're kind of English Catholics, but, um, um, but technically um, we live in the Protestant world. And, uh, and you know, we pro if there's nothing, if there's anything we're good at Protestants, it's dividing um, and splitting. We're really good at that. It's one of our, it's our, it's our first gift, I think. Um, <laughs> Um, but ultimately, as we are built up into Jesus, we find our identity, ourselves in him, and as in that, we find ourselves drawing closer to each other. There is a building up of the church so that she might know her unity in Christ and, be, and know each other better and be at, un at one with each other better. It is to know Jesus and in him to know unity. And... 
It is for a fullness of maturity. And, a f and, and what I would articulate as a full maturity. There's all kinds of maturities, which is to say there are all kinds of philosophies by which we might govern our lives and make sense of the world. There are scarcity maturities. There are cynical maturities, in which I've come to a level of cynicism that helps me manage my reality in the world. But no, 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 no. Until all of us come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. In that, there's an expansiveness. There's a largeness. There's not a miserliness in our maturity. There's a fullness. There is a generosity in it. It's inviting us to be fully charitable, fully loving, fully faithful, with large hearts and not small ones. And, and all of this brings us to a place where we are no longer changeable and tossed to and fro by the winds of doctrine and by deceits of others and all of those sorts of things. As we are built up in the faith, we understand the truth of who God is. We understand the truth of the gospel. And in that, we understand who we are who God has called us to be and who God is redeeming us, who God is saving us to be. And as we settle into that fullness of maturity, we are less inclined to be tossed about by the winds and waves of doctrine. It is so important. We are not tossed about, but instead, rather than being tossed about, we are leading, we are teaching, we are directing, we are guiding because we know God and in him, we know ourselves. It's what maturity in Christ means, becoming, becoming more, and like, more like Christ and being, no, being known by him and being known in him. And then he goes on and says this. But speaking the truth in love, so instead of being tossed about, instead of being thrown about and wondering, well, what's, is this true? Is that true? What, what's, what, I, no. Instead of that, we are speaking the truth in love. And that's the, the, the leading, teaching, guiding, directing. Speaking the truth in love, we grow up in every way into him who is in the, the head. I think this is one of these fantastic words of St. Paul that contains so much. Speaking the truth in love. In that, there is both deep conviction of what's true. What's true about God, what's true about us, what's true about Jesus, what the gospel is. There is deep conviction, deep truth. But there's also profound charity, speaking the truth in love. And it would seem to me, if Paul is saying this to the Ephesians way back when, and we still see the issues that are created by the lack of one or the other, the lack of truth, which is very charitable and very fuzzy and who knows where we are, or profound truth and a lack of charity, which is, uh, well, we've all experienced that too. It's a, it's, it's a perennial problem. Um, <laughs> Jane Marple, um, one of my great heroes, um, um, says, human nature is much the same everywhere. And so St. Paul tells us, told the Ephesians and tells us today, it is the speaking of the truth in love that builds up the church. It is not just speaking the truth 
and it's not just loving. It's both of those things together. And in the end, what begins in God, in his work and through Jesus Christ, also ends in him. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. We come together, speaking the truth of love, being built up ultimately into him who began this by his action in the first place, by giving gifts and by the work of Jesus. He builds us up into Jesus again, that again, the body may be built up and work properly. This is the work that is before us. It is both missional, because it's all of us, but it is the building up of the church, the equipping of the saints, the equipping of all of you to build up the church of God, to invite others into the fullness maturity of Christ Jesus, not the scarcity maturity or the cynical maturity, but the fullness maturity, the generous, the generous maturity of Jesus Christ. And as we do this, the whole body works together properly, building itself up in love. So, I want to say, leave you with two things. What I began with. Um, which is just a practical, be attentive to your expectations of each other in this. And in being attentive, you will avoid um, um, some heartaches that you might otherwise um, not avoid. But more specifically, from the scriptures, James, and all souls receive grace from God, move in your gifts, forgiven and restored in Christ Jesus. And all of you, all of you, equip the saints for the work of ministry, that we might all grow up into the fullness of maturity of Christ. Let us pray. Father God, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for the mission of the church. We thank you for the building up of your body. We thank you, Lord, that it all flows first from you, from your grace, from your presence with us. And we ask, Lord, that you would grant your grace afresh to us this day. That we may receive your gifts and build up your body to the praise and glory of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.